what we noticed was that it was recreating the feeling of being present with friends better than anything else we'd seen out there. You know, in my life, usually I'm the one going to ask for money. And at that point, my friends were like, can we give you money? And I was like, wait, hmm. I was like, wait a minute, this is different. I, I should probably pay attention to this in life. Welcome to the Vitalize Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, the Director of Marketing at Vitalize Venture Capital. On today's episode, we have John Morris, who's the co-founder and CEO of Nowhere, a company designing the future of online gathering. They let your passionate community connect in unforgettable worlds on a browser. Get to meet face-to-face in the metaverse. It's a platform I've tried out before, and you have to try it to get the full experience. It's hard to fully articulate that without trying the platform, which you can find at URNowhere.com. Let's dive in. John, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. It's great to be here. I appreciate you taking the time. And for Nowhere, for people who don't know what Nowhere is, the two people who don't know what it is yet, (laughs) (laughs) what are you guys building with Nowhere, John? Uh, Nowhere is an online metaverse platform that instead of cartoon avatars has video feeds where you're face to face with other humans in beautiful 3d environments on the browser. So it's one click drop in, you're in a beautiful environment with other humans with spatial audio, and you can network around, meet different people, have different conversations, see a performance, you know, go to a, a talk, um, go to a comedy show, you know, have a team building exercise and brainstorm workshop and, and all kinds of things. I love it. There are so many things to talk about in this episode. And I, a lot of ways I want to do this conversation. I'm going to go to a really strange part right away. So let's do your it back your background, all American springboard diver. Tell me more about <laughs> that and how you got from that to this job. <laughs> you know, that is a, a I, I've always been a, a, a person of extremes, I think. And, you know, I grew up in a small town in Kentucky. I was always an athlete and I kind of fell in love with springboard diving um, because I was always a really physical person living in my body and, you know, always wanted to to tumble or to run into a wall or smack into things and, <laughs> and, and push the limits of what the body could do. Um, you know, and that led me to really physical sports, mainly basketball and then springboard diving and, and other extreme stuff throughout my life, like you know, <laughs> performing at Cirque du Soleil and Forza Bruta and all these kind of large scale spectacle driven theater work, which was really the basis of, you know, building the windmill factory, my first company, um, and then leading all of that work, which windmill factory is dedicated to creating sublime experiences for people and really deepening and exciting human connection. And, and nowhere is really an extension of that into digital space. And with that too. So that, that experience, obviously, you have a lot of creative experiences. If the, what you mentioned already, there's so many different installations you've done. I saw some pictures of that as well. I also saw pictures of your like 1999 or something American oh, photo boy. with some long hair. And I was oh, like, oh boy, yeah, this is yeah. this is awesome. <laughs> with, I, with... I I did once have dreadlocks in a uh, in a Midsummer Night's Dream play at, uh, in college. So there, there's some dangerous photos out there. <laughs> so you obviously had the creative side, done a lot on that side of things. Had your own company before. With Nowhere, a little bit different, venture-backed company, different space. Take me through then the decision to actually start Nowhere, go this route, which is you know a very long journey. Just take me through the decision to start Nowhere itself. It's amazing what a pandemic will do, you know? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> this is definitely a, a pandemic-born pivot. Um, 
you know, right before the pandemic, Windmill Factory was cooking along. We had a, you know, it was, we had a whole year of things booked out. You know, usually we work project to project on all kinds of different wacky stuff from Nine Inch Nails festival tours to, you know, AWS, you know, UFC, you know, presentations <laughs> to, you know, shadow plays in the castle side of castle walls, all kinds of crazy, but always, you know, most always in real life, you know, some video work and film work. But um, when the pandemic hit, of course, all of that live work, you know, was put on hold, some canceled, some on hold. And we were really thinking like, well, you know, we have this unique opportunity right now to try to what, what, what can we do right now, you yeah. know, with our skills and what can we give the world and how can we create culture moving forward at this time when so much of um, real life experiences that really push culture into the future are going to be on lock. So we started brainstorming and seeing what that could be. Um, and what we really came at was we wanted all the play and adventure of a video game, but with the human connection of what we have here, you know, on this, on Zoom, on, you know, Google Meet, on FaceTime, you know, and so we were like, well, why, why doesn't it exist that you can't just hang out with humans, but in a video game, you yeah. know? And so, you know, we, we didn't really know what that meant at the time. We didn't really think we were starting like a venture backed company. We were just like, okay, let's create a demo, which is always what we did at Windmill. We, we had, you know, a couple different sides of the business where we were doing client services, where we collaborate with artists who had something like a tour or some, some event that they needed uh, created. And then we'd also be doing our own creative projects on the side. So that's like Burning Man installations to, you know, feature films made live and all kinds of different stuff. So this very much felt like that angle and being like, oh, cool, we'll focus on making a demo and seeing if we can build this thing. And so we spun up a demo pretty quick with our community. Um, and we, we're lucky to know a bunch of really amazing engineers. <laughs> very helpful. And, yeah, very helpful. And then, and then we essentially just like started inviting people in and people were like, oh my God, this is awesome. And it, it was really, a, you know, people were craving that thirsting for at that time. It's really early in the pandemic. We, we spun it up. It was like right at the beginning of the first summer. And, and what we noticed was that it was, it was recreating the feeling of being present with friends better than anything else we'd seen out there. And that's when, you know, in my life, usually I'm the one, you know, going to ask for money. And at yep. that point, my friends were like, can we give you money? And I was like, wait, <laughs> hmm. I was like, wait a minute, this is different. This is a little different. <laughs> I, I should probably pay attention to this in life. Um, yeah. And so that kind of started the journey. And then, you know, we just, you, we built a team and then, you know, we, we, we were really fortunate to work with, with some people who, and friends and colleagues who, you know, we're venture capitalists, you know, my buddy Isaac Roth from Shasta and um, really helped guide us and um, and a lot of really strong engineers who had had a lot of experience in startups. Going back to early days real quick with the product itself, you can go a thousand different ways building a demo, a beta, whatever. <laughs> Just take me through more of that development process, what you want to actually launch with. I know other founders out there are always like, okay, I'm building this product, but like, what do I do with it? Getting feedback from users, but what feedback to listen to? Just take me through your creative process with nowhere in the very beginning. Yeah. And, and I'll say, you know, I feel like I'm still in it, you know, it's yeah, like, you know, sure. as, as I think everybody out there who's, who's done a startup and, and created a creative project can understand. It's like, you know, in the beginning, you know, when we created it, we, we just started hosting as much as we could with friends and doing kind of like happy hour gatherings and just kind of testing and seeing what people were liking and talking, you know, to everybody that came in and, um, and then as it started to evolve and we were like, oh, well, this is really something, 
you know, we started looking for friends and family checks, uh, you know, to build out a few core engineers, you know, that we could build something with. And then we had a, you know, we had a first contract like out of the gate for like 10 K for the Institute for the future to host their social networking for their conference. that was, you know, supposed to be in real life. And that was all online. That was in August. And so, you know, we, we basically started in April, spun up a demo by, you know, brainstorming and kicking ideas around, spun up a demo by June and then did a real sprint to get something with duct tape and zip ties, you know, (laughs) together for this Institute for the future, you know, which, I didn't actually know at the time, but what we built at that time was the infrastructure of what nowhere is today, you know, and, and not having too much experience on building for the web and, and how things work. And, you know, um, I might've done it differently. I might've not done that sprint, <laughs> but that's kind of how it happened. And it, it, the good thing about that was it forced us to build fast. It forced us to like really put, you know, this demo into something that could be actionable with really specific things that were needed for the Institute for the Future, which was like a connect, you know, business card exchange, networking, um, a beautiful space that felt, you know, uh, like this is the high atop the clouds and this cherry clouds environment for them where you feel like you're floating over the Swiss Alps, which is more of like a, you know, conservative corporate vibe than we would have potentially created in the beginning. Um, but it was it was what they, they needed and we were really building for that first client. Um, in those early days too. So with the community, you said, obviously you're able to find engineers through that you have, you know, a ton of experience in this creative realm, doing a lot of different projects. So the trust on that, I'm sure was already there, which is why people wanted to give you money to build more things. But at that time, those conversations, like what was that in terms of the vision for this? You're Hey, we're just going to test this out. We're not sure where this is going. Would you already at that point know like, okay, this could be huge. Cause we see where this kind of world's going. I'm just curious in the early, early days, we can, we can kind of walk it to today. Obviously it's evolved in the last two years, I'm sure a bit, but I'm just curious in the early days too, what were those conversations like around what you were going to build vision, all that sort of thing? Yeah. I mean, one thing, you know, with the experience of windmill, you know, over, you know, for 12 years, yeah. you know, I'd been decking and putting, you know, pitches together and, <laughs> and like really selling, you know, and, and learned how to sell throughout that whole period. So, you know, from pretty early days after we got the demo, it was clear that we had something and that and and we started to spin up different decks. We started to research what is a startup deck versus, a, you know, the entertainment deck we were used to and really started to hone in on that, you know, and 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 started to ask questions. And I think that's where our community was so um, key is just, you know, you know, ask for advice, get money. You know, it's yeah. like go and and present and say, hey, what do you think of this? And then we just kind of started honing more and more. And as we were honing, we got um, our community to connect us to different engineers that might be available. That was a real challenge, I have to say, like, in in all of our experiences in creating project to project with windmill, I don't think I've had it in any project that much trouble finding as uh, talent as yeah. as I've had trouble finding specific engineers to do 3d web you know, it's really, there's, there's not that many engineers that are working in, you know, JavaScript on the web. So uh, in 3d. And so it took a lot of digging and a lot of like learning about how much engineers make. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, whoa, and holy shit. I was like, Whoa, <laughs> geez. I mean, coming from the theater, you know, it's like most people yeah. in the theater are like willing to do it for like, uh, you know, some popcorn and some free, free food, which is, you know, yeah. that's, that's a whole other story about not the, the same for engineers. The, the business model of, uh, yeah, no. Um, 
you know, and it, and it really speaks to the world of tech and where it is right now. And, it, you know, the prices are quite inflated, you know, great yeah. for the engineers. But I think for the for startups, it's quite hard because you're immediately in a pool competing against the big dogs, like for, you know, on these salaries that are crazy. You know, yeah. I think the pandemic's leveled that out a little bit with location and different things. But it really was a um, an eye opening experience to be like, oh, OK. And that's kind of when we were like, all right, I, I think I'm starting to understand venture capital because you know there's there's an influx of cash in order to be able to compete you yeah. know even when you're giving really generous equity you know offers which we were you know to 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 just you know for those those folks are they're just used to a, a way of life you know with with good cash yeah. and you need the talent especially at these early stages so yeah, no way around that. In terms of that too, so you mentioned digging all over the place, and ultimately, like, take oh, me through man. that the sourcing process, trying to find people. Just, I would love to hear more about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, we were used to uh, just calling a friend, you know, and being like, "Hey, do you know anybody that does X, Y, Z?" And this is pretty obscure with Windmill Factory. You know, it's like somebody who's you know created wireless uh, LEDs that are waterproof, you know, that are solar powered for creating the night sky on the Hudson River. You know, we've done some pretty wacky stuff over the years where you need very specific talent. But usually we would always be one phone call away or a Facebook post away yeah. to connecting the dots to someone who could, you know, either do the job or connect to someone who could do the job. So we went about that process in a similar way. You know, we, we were posting on Facebook. We were reaching out to friends. We were I was calling. I was talking to, you know, all of these um, tech advisor folks and and really just that's who we how we found the early um, engineers, you know, that we're on our kind of first sprint team, you know, we're, we're quite close. Um, and then when we started to find the full-time folks, those were kind of more freelance contractors who didn't really want to dive all the way in. They were just like, yeah, we'll help you out a little bit, John, but eh, I don't know. <laughs> and then uh, the next round, when we started really building the team um, and we started getting in some, some capital to be able to pay folks and uh, make offers for full-time um, those were also, you know, still, one removed through friends and, and community, you know, and, and advisors. And then the next level was, you know, was really starting to do job posts. Um, and Diana who came in, who's an amazing engineer and really helped us kind of hone the, the, you know, the job posting, where to put it and YC. Um, we posted on, um, you know, on uh, stack overflow. Um, we posted on a, um, trying to remember the one that we found a couple people on on angel list we we also posted on linkedin a bunch we found a lot of people actually from linkedin which is surprising that is um, surprising. <laughs> yeah um we've been for linkedin it just never goes away you know it's just always there and just a little bit around so people have to continue to use it slightly so yeah and it just will continue to survive forever yeah. it seems like <laughs> i think i've definitely like in the last two years of my life linkedin has I've, it's made sense because i yeah. have actually like you know, found great resources from LinkedIn. No shade well, to LinkedIn. It's it's they've yeah. done an incredible job making it irresistible to you know have <laughs> always. So people search by job title and function and all that. So there's so many things that obviously make it worthwhile. And and from that too. So these just to harp on this a little bit more. Just are these mostly engineering talent you had to hire in these days, or anything on the growth marketing side, that sort of side. I'm just curious on that first, but nowhere. You know, else. we we started out with a biz dev super early. Um, who came over from Bizabo, an events platform, um, okay. and uh, had a lot of experience in startups. And we worked with him for 
probably, you know, looking back on it prematurely, um, you know, the product wasn't really ready. It was pretty buggy, um, you know, and we were like, we're going to sell this. We're going, you know, and so we were really gung ho about it. And he did he did bring in some really interesting clients, you know, from Cash Money Records to Coindesk and um, and landed some really cool things. But it was always he was always, you know, butting heads and 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 it was broken and everything. Yeah. So that was, you know, I, I think lesson learned, you know, get the product working, you know, before you try to sell it. I mean, it seems so obvious when you look back on it, but you know, um, but now we're at the point, you know, two years in, we, we, yeah. it's a pretty complicated technology that we're working on. We finally gotten to the place where not only is it stable enough, uh, first we got it stable. And then we really had this barrier of, you know, 25 people with video feeds on the browser of like capacity that we really had to fight through. And now we really, we broke through that this fall and we're up to 150 in each space, which is, I think the best on the market that I've seen. Um, and then thousands of course in instancing. So that was a huge breakthrough. And now we're actually, um, back, um, hiring a couple biz devs. We just hired a strategic global head of strategic partnerships coming from the entertainment industry. Who's amazing. Um, she did all the digital campaigns for Katy Perry and Sam Smith, and she's really helping steer us into the partnerships with, um, with the music industry and the entertainment industry um, moving forward. With this too, John, so the, the tech side of it. So I know from experiencing it, we, we had chatted on, on Nowhere before, the mm -hmm. spatial audio is very interesting. Obviously you have one person, so it's a little bit different, but the spatial audio is an interesting component of it as well. I know, I think I mentioned totally. before, but I had used this on some type of, uh, some class of ours where you're playing with binaural audio. And it was just very interesting yeah. to, to play with that and see that the changes and with Nowhere being able to like move forward and backward in the, in the space you're in, you can hear their farther away or closer. Take me through that. Was that always part of the plan for nowhere to use that and the complexities with that spatial audio as well? I'd love to hear more. Yeah, that was one of the key components that we knew going in, we had to have, you know, we, we discovered the power of spatial audio in Verbella, actually. I don't know if you've ever been in that platform, but no, um, it's a, it's a work, it's a remote work platform that spun out of UCSD. Uh, I okay. think, I believe don't quote me on that, but I think in, in, uh, San Diego and did really well during the pandemic, but early in the pandemic, um, we jumped in there when we were testing out a bunch of different things to kind of start to see what, what was going on. And, um, and when we got in Verbella, we were like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. It's an avatar based platform, but you know, and there's a bunch of fun things about it. You're on a campus and you have an avatar and you're basically moving around There's spatial audio. And you could also jump in these little private bubbles around tables. You know, you could also ride a boat and shoot fireworks. And we were like, oh, this is great, you know. <laughs> but um, what we noticed was that the spatial audio really made it possible for us to have, you know, different conversations in the same location, feel like we were connected with other people, um, but be in this same location. Um, and then what we thought was like, oh, wow. Well, but if we had video, then we would e feel even more present. And so um, we knew from the beginning we wanted video, we wanted spatial audio. And we wanted to build environments that were um, that were inspiring to be in, because most of the platforms that were in, like Verbella, they have kind of a um, a, a, a low poly feel and more of a video game feel, and yeah. they, they're not really inspiring. Like you know, like when you go to a place with your friends and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're here. You know, so. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to you know we're talking about spatial audio here, but it's really hard if you haven't experienced it, to actually understand that that it is working because in nowhere you are in three dimensions. So if somebody's up on a level above you, 
you know, you're going to hear them softer up there. You, we're going to be in, you know, full volume here. And then yeah. there might be a speaker far over there, you know, that's amplified and on a stage that their voice might be carrying further. But then you can navigate around in the three dimensions and have the feeling of moving through a party, moving through different conversations. And that for us is that it, it's such core a part of what we're building, you know, because audio is so powerful as a tool. From this too, obviously they talk a little bit about the product side of it as well. And I think people have to, like you said, they have to just play with it, experience it to really understand it fully. And I know once totally. I dove into that, it's a totally different experience. That's there's that side of things on the growth side of things. You mentioned the kind of first customers, you had a kind of a community already of sorts. You had that first customer come on 10 K great validate. Let's get paid yeah. for this. Amazing. Just take me through the growth side of this, then figuring out who are the customers for nowhere and growing this to obviously venture scale. What does it look like? Yeah, it's, uh, a lot of testing, a lot of trial and error, a lot of surveying, you know, a lot of feedback and a lot of just like making hard decisions about, you know, because I, I still think what we've built is a it's it's a new form of communication, you know, and it has, you know, it's, it's we haven't seen this tool before in, in media and we're still very early to see yeah. where it lands, you know, with which community. What we're seeing from our side is um we're seeing a lot of people come who want to host, you know, just team meetings, you know, at Google and we had Salesforce in just hosting team meetings, SAP the other day, you know, and they use this as a tool, you know, um, to connect their teams, to do happy hours, these type of things. Then we also see the conference side. We have like one of the largest NFT, you know, crypto conferences that's coming in next week. You know, it's going to be about 5,000 people, you know, and they're going to restream the conference and then be networking sessions and, 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 and have a metaverse option. So, um, and then, well, that's another thing I should say that <laughs> happened during this time. It's yeah. that we were actually pitching metaverse early last summer when we were raising our first round and, 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 um, what was interesting is that then, you know, when Facebook announced and then yep. the whole snowball <laughs> happened, we found ourselves in this very unique and wonderful position. Um, so since that has happened, there's been a lot more, um, easy buy-in you know, from that early biz dev where we're trying to explain what a 3D space is, what a what an interconnectivity, blah, blah, blah. We don't have to do that anymore. And people are coming to us wanting the metaverse, which is a huge shift. Um, other things that are coming that we've seen are a lot of entertainment, you know, so it's like somewhere between Twitch and Zoom, you know, or <laughs> Twitch and Clubhouse, yep. where it's like, um, you know, performers can be in nowhere and be live in front of their audience. They can hear the audience where the laughter is coming from or where the, you know, cheers are coming from. And it feels like a, the, the best kind of performance venue um, online that I've seen. Um, so, but that also applies to speakers, you know, at conferences where you can, you know, have an audience and a Q&A that feels live. So I think it's still, you know, we're having to really run with um, entertainment for now for traction sure. and adoption. Because I think that, you know, that's our founder market fit. You know, that's what we know well. That's where our connections are mostly. Um, and essentially, we're looking at all of these data points and we're like, there's not a super clear one because they're all looking fairly appealing. So we're actually having to do that thing that is very scary. You know, I think it as, you know, as a founder where you're like, well, let's go with that. Let's pick it and run and we'll see, yeah. you know, what happens. So we're kind of in that 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 motion right now um and running with it 
Do you see this then? So that's that's where your focus at this current kind of juncture. You figured that out from what people already have been using the platform. Is it going to be something eventually where you see it more as also part of work because everyone is everyone. A lot of people are remote. Is it going to be part of that kind of day-to-day, week-to-week, whatever cadence of people who are working remotely? Do they want to work in a coffee shop virtually that is nowhere? Like, I'm just curious on your thoughts around that. Obviously, with Vitalize, we're focused on future of work, so we're always kind of yep. curious on insights on that. Just anything on that that you think you'll build out eventually or it will be part of this metaverse as well? I, I mean, I think it's already part of it. It's like, you know, we, we have a bunch of people that use it as their kind of their company meeting space you know, yeah. and they're, they're onboarding for their DAO or for their, you know, for their company. So, um, we're, you know, I see that music is a, is a marketing vehicle for adoption and then people can still, anyone can create their own space. Um, we have a new world builder so people can create their own, um, space and blender their own model where they can import models in from unity or unreal or, um, other three platforms. And so, that really enables anybody to be able to create their digital twin of their office if they want or their, you know, whatever they want to dream up, you know, and I see that being the future of, of entertainment is the driver for adoption and then seeing how people use this, you know, across the board for, I think it's, it's really going to be a key tool for the creator class, you know, and the, the young entrepreneur and the, the, you know, the young creator who wants to push, their own vibe. They want to build their own space. They want to build their own world. Um, the young company who wants to, you know, have a global company, you know, we do all of our meetings in nowhere, all of our, you know, teams and it, and it works great for that, you know? And I think that, you know, in the two years we've been creating, we've always, you know, we're definitely eating the dog food, you know, and, (laughs) and it works wonderful, you know, and I think because at its core, it's a presence engine, you know, you feel more present in nowhere than you do on a, you know, on a, on a zoom or on a, you know, Google meet and it's less tiring and, and you really have the ability to have agency where you move, where you want to go. So it's an empowering tool. And I think at the core of that is what we need for the future of work. You know, we need a tool that allows the, the employee and the team member to feel like they're in control, to feel like they have agency and to feel like they're in an inspiring space. You know, companies spend, you know, millions, millions of dollars on office space or building, you know, the perfect tech office to woo the employees in, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I think, you know, with our, our world builder, you can build much more beautiful um, metaverse spaces than, than the other platforms that I'm seeing out there. So I think it'll be huge in nowhere. Um, and it's just a matter of getting it honed um, and then, and then getting to adoption. And, and so people know about it. Is that to that point with your background and creative and your team and everything and technical problems you've already gotten through with nowhere. Do you look at that as being kind of your competitive advantage in the market? Cause there are other ones, other companies building metaverse products. I just curious on what nowhere you think is uh, what makes you stand out. I think it is that competitive advantage of, you know, you know, being within, um, creating for live humans and creating <laughs> spaces at our core, you know, um, mostly my whole life. I was, I've been a creator who creates spaces from when I was a kid making haunted houses, you know, to, amazing. you know, to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to theater, to, you know, creating. And when I'd create in the theater, I'd always cre- think of the space first and how is the audience going to move in the space with the mm. performers. And so it's very similar transferring that to 3d space. And I think, you know, with all of our wealth of experience, um, especially looking through the eyes of the audience, 
to always try to be creating for them. It's a very similar, you know, journey of like always trying to create to solve the problem of a product and a, and a, and a person. So, um, I think that's our, that's our competitive advantage right now. Um, I think it also is in the technology that we've created at this point, you know, that it, it is a, you know, it's, we've made some very strategic, uh, choices to, to get it to the point where it's stable and, and, and can scale. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think, you know, overall it's, uh, it's, it's people, 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 you know, it's the team it's, you know, it's the experience. Yeah. And every, every month, year, whatever, you just gain more of that, more knowledge, more insights in the customer, everything, which is why we're excited about nowhere for sure. My life. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, 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 we're very lucky and excited to have you guys on this journey with us. And where's the best place for people to learn more about nowhere and also connect with you as like, as you, if they would like to, cause I know you have a few roles open as well. Yeah. Um, you are nowhere.com is the website. And from there you can, you know, click explore nowhere and you can drop into a welcome lobby and you can start to explore around and see a bunch of different things. And you can also get your own, um, free space to host up to 50 people. And if you have a, uh, a larger opportunity, just reach out and I'm just J O N at you Perfect. John, thanks so much for the time today. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Pleasure. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about us, head on over to vitalize.vc. You can also follow us on Twitter at vitalizevc, or you can follow me on Twitter at justingordon212. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.